Okay, I think the dogs finally stopped barking so fucking much. You sure? Give us some time. They might they might start again. At least they're not as bad as that dog that we used to live close by. The one who had to like gear up his bark. He wasn't bad as opposed to him being very old. Like <laughs> the thing about it was is that like he had to wind up his bark and he used to be he used to be so bad. It took him for like five fucking minutes. We'd hear his bark when we were already down the road. Just. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I hope he's still alive. Good Lord, that dog was old. He still was. He was old. He was old when this we saw him. Hello, hello, dear listeners. Oh, wait, we, we ain't gonna roll danger. We got our water. <laughs> we got our hot pockets. We, we are ready. It does to have record. Specifically him, even though there are three in the plate. Pretty much. That's only that's barely enough just to get me full. He's not lying. Welcome to episode two of Dream Age, where every age is a good age to dream, I guess. At least that's what my teachers told me. They being lying to me. I am your host with not the most Ty. And here I am with the greatest pirate of all the land, Nick. My name is not... Chewing on his hot pocket. I do like Blackbeard, though. But I, I do have a beard, and I am black. I'm not the greatest pirate. Sure, your name's not actually Monkey D. Luffy? Boy, listen. <laughs> I could get you a straw hat. Please don't. I don't think the world's ready for a Black Luffy. You sure? No. I don't think the world's ready for a Black Luffy. Tell that to Instagram. The fine art is. Hey man, is the a, fine art is great. Is I love abundance. the fine art. I love the fine art, but uh, I think the world is really like. If you stop and think about it, think of the concept of a black man that's invulnerable to bullets. I'll be doing <laughs> the most shit. <laughs> People at NASA run around like they are impervious to bullets already. Gee, mm. they're not. You know, they really aren't. You know, you kind of have to learn that the hard way sometimes. Like, ow. That's a bullet? I heard. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking did. I hope so. So, today, I figured it would be nice to talk about favorites. Everybody's got a favorite. Something. Your parent probably had a favorite child. And they lied to you about who it was. In actuality, like, oh God. to go with that. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> Well, I'm my mother's only child. I'm, I'm my dad's middle child. But that's besides the point. That just reminds me of an MKX interaction between um, Bo Raicho and Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Depending on who he speaks to first, like you get, you get a really funny interaction. Mm-hmm. And what what happens is, Bo Raicho says, um, Liu Kang, my favorite pupil. I bet you say the same thing to Kung Lao. 
You're right. I do. <laughs> and then when you come, then when you pick Kung Lao, you'll be like, Kung Lao, my favorite pupil. I bet you say the same thing to Liu Kang. But with him, I mean it. Ah. Uh, right in the field, but listen, the interactions in MKX was hilarious. I love them. Hey, Cassie's still my favorite. Then you know of the bitch slap. Hey, man. Cute miniskirt. You joke at my expense? No. It's yours for free. Please don't spit up your water. Please don't spit. I make you the promises. Okay. Don't worry, I can buy this mic over. It's not like I'm poor or anything. (laughs) Alright, so. Thanks, Segway. Thanks. Took me like 10 seconds to come up with it. Okay. Favorite anime or manga? I think I'd like to start off. I don't have a favorite anime currently. But there was a point in time where I was a huge, huge Detective Conan fan. I will by no means say that the writing for this manga slash anime is the best. But it's definitely a, a an anime that I had a fucking blast. Like an absolute blast seeing how insane these cases could get. So for the uninitiated, Detective Conan is about this teenage boy named Shinichi Kudo who often helps the police with, you know, cases as 17-year-old boys in Japan do. You know, for fun. Yeah, because why, you know... Why have after-school activities when you can go solve murders? That's how I'd spend my Saturdays. But uh, the premise gets rolling when he's at a carnival date with his childhood friend. Uh, the most ride-or-die woman you might probably ever see in any anime. And uh, instead of enjoying his date like a normal teenage boy, he sees two guys in black and decides, I'm gonna go follow them. What could go wrong? Everything. Everything indeed. So essentially, they catch him, beat him over the head, and give him a pill that was supposed to poison him. But it didn't. Instead, it turned him into a seven-year-old boy. And due to hijinks, he ends up living with his childhood crush and her father, who is a detective I'm air quoting for the record because he's not very good at it he's not bad at it but he's not good at it either so um yeah he he stays with them in order to try and find these people who drugged him spoiler alert he did technically find them but the story has is still going and has been going from like 1994. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, the, the writer and artist says he has an ending in mind. Might not end it right now, but my theory is that he's probably gonna die and just 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 before he ever ends the story, like ever. And his um and his descendants will finish the story for him. Descendants. <laughs> okay. Jokes. Now, I'm a fan of 
murder mysteries. Always been a fan of it. Creepy so shit. That was creepy shit. So that was one of the things that caught me about it from the get-go. However, comma, I accidentally woke up to an episode one day because it was never really on my radar. It's like I knew about it, but I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. So I accidentally woke up to this episode where Shinichi, who now goes by the name Conan, hence the name of the show, went to a sort of tea party with his crush. It was a Valentine's Day episode. And being the secure crush that he is, his childhood crush gets asked to this party by another dude, and he's like, oh, nah, fam, I'm coming with. You know, for your safety. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And the oldest son of the people who are hosting this party is murdered. Dun, dun, dun. So everybody's trying to figure out, oh, man, what killed him? What did it? And the first thing that caught me about this episode is that everybody who is in this house, like all of this guy's quote-unquote friends, don't like him. <laughs> like, so from the from the get-go, it seems as though everybody has an alibi. Like, his ex-girlfriend is there. A girl that likes him but doesn't seem to catch his attention is there. Okay. His quote-unquote best friend that he bullies is there and then there's this other guy who's essentially like the the peacekeeper amongst everybody amongst this group of friends who doesn't seem to like each other in the least bit <laughs> so essentially everybody has a motive to kill him because he's a jackass i mean <laughs> so this episode goes on and you notice that the mother is not acting as if her son just got killed. Well, she was too level headed. She like she cried and she screamed at first, but then like in the next scene you see her washing the dishes. I'm like I know I start to clean things when I'm upset, but you know I don't think you're supposed to touch anything when there's a dead body involved. Hey man, they <laughs> they, they don't know what killed him. Alright, so things are things are starting to look a little strange and halfway through the episode the quote unquote best friend, i.e. the guy who was getting bullied by the victim, admitted that he killed him. He poisoned the end of a cigarette butt. And Conan being the smart young whippersnapper that he is realizes, nah, that's bullshit. Because he didn't even finish the cigarette to get to where the quote-unquote part of the poison would be. He, he ripped the filter off. Yeah, so it's like, he didn't kill him. So who did? Who the hell? You know what? <laughs> and it was the absurdity of the actual murder that made me realize, I can watch this show. Because they find out that the mother actually murdered him. How, you may ask? She put poison in the coffee. 
an antidote in the cake that everybody at this party had. Literally everybody. Now, how did she do that? The sun does not eat sweets. You heard, <laughs> you heard that correctly. She poisoned the coffee and the antidote was in the cake. So literally anybody who decided not to eat this cake was fucked. <laughs> everybody was dead. Everybody. Literally everybody. And I'm like, this was the most unnecessarily convoluted plan to murder your son you could have ever come up with. You could have murdered him with nobody else involved. You could have done it ages ago. For a Valentine's Day party, yeah, that seems like a, a really good time to try and commit a murder. Perfect. Hey man, she really, she really wanted him dead. And the way that they figured out that that's what happened is earlier in the episode, the murder victim has a little brother, and his mom scolded him for eating a piece of chocolate because he had a toothache and he wasn't allowed to eat sweets at the moment. So while everybody's at the table, you know, having their cake and their coffee, the little boy picks up a cup of coffee and he tastes it. And he immediately puts it back down. He's like, eh, it's coffee. Bleh. And then later you see the mother take a piece of cake and feed it to him. So it's like, just that throwaway scene where it's like, if she was just scolding him for eating chocolate earlier, why is she willingly giving him cake? Oh. And that's the thing. That's the common thread in Detective Conan. It's literally these throwaway scenes where if Conan wasn't there to witness it, nobody. It, it you would have never figured this shit out. Oh. And it's like, you clearly have the timing of the gods, sir. <laughs> no, I blame all the murderers for planning on killing their victims only when the kids are around. <laughs> like, how do you just have murder follow you? Literally, every time somebody dies in the front of you. What type of weird Japanese curse is this? <laughs> hey man, he was cursed with death and ended up with life, so now death must follow him everywhere. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Um, and another favorite thing before I before I let you take the floor, a favorite thing of my of this anime was the love interest slash the main female character. I get Ron. I get that. She's oh boy. You know how I feel about Ron. If loyalty had a face, <laughs> you hear me? Because not only was this girl ditched on their first date, not only did she admit, hey. You know, I really have a thing for you, so if you want to come back anytime soon, that'd be great. No? Okay. And not only did she survive from 1994 when this thing started to now on just random phone calls from this dude, she has not found a boyfriend yet. <laughs> I mean, she has a boyfriend. Him. <laughs> Whenever the fuck he come back. I mean, she's living with Which him. Which might be never. I mean, she is actually living with him, even if she doesn't know it. There, and there are a couple times where she almost figured it out. Almost. But it's like, she's not a dumb character. But they literally is just... They just, they just fucking jump the shark so hard with trying to keep her in the dark. And it's like, wait, Chief is y'all just say that she knows. And she just going along with the shit. 
bang the carrot in front of you and be like, gonna be Batman. <laughs> but it's not just her character, but it's the insane amount of things, that, the absurd things that they just do with her ability to kick ass. Because her thing is, they wanted to not make her a damsel in distress, so she she does karate. She's a voluntary damsel, okay? <laughs> she Sometimes. Dis- she's not in distress, but she is a damsel. She will literally put herself in danger to be like, no I reason. am the most qualified person here to be kidnapped. I volunteer a tribute. She's a, she's a volunteer kidnap, <laughs> a kidnappy. Hey man, like, she's saving lives. Like, how do you volunteer to be abducted, by? Yeah, there cool. are a few episodes where it's like somebody wants to take a hostage and she'll always volunteer. Because technically speaking, out of everybody involved, she is the most qualified to be kidnapped. How do you be qualified to get kidnapped? Because she can literally kick everybody's ass in that the room. That make you qualify. <laughs> so, um, and like, this, like, the scene, the type of shit that she does made me just go... Clearly, I need to learn karate, and not just any karate, Japanese karate, because in this, in the first episode alone, she punched a pole off the hinges, stopped a bat with her forearm, and jumped out a fucking window. Four stories. <laughs> hey man, that might be that might be your amazing moment, but that will always be that one movie that you showed me. Where she dodged a bullet. And this and the thing about <laughs> Detective Conan. Bro. Here's the thing with Detective Conan. Detective Conan isn't a it doesn't have magic. Yeah, no magic, no powers, no, no supernatural. These are, just people. these are just regular people. Yeah. And this girl just dodged a bullet. Straight up. She remembered some throwaway line Shinichi told her like months ago about how this is the actual speed of a bullet from this exact gun. This exact gun right here. This This is how fast the bullet is. Luckily, that exact gun was being pointed in her face and she straight up dodged that bullet. She dodged the bullet. So I'm like... Fuck it. I don't care how stupid this show is. I literally don't. I I don't. I love it. I'm gonna love it forever. Until it started to go on to. We in 2020 and the show ain't over yet. It's gone on too long. Okay? I see you feel very strongly about this. Finish the goddamn show. Finish it. <laughs> I know you can. Just finish it. <laughs> Your turn. You sure? Yeah. It looked like, look like you really wanted to go on a tangent with that one. Hey man, I love me some DC, but I just want it to be over. <laughs> that was a tangent. Okay. Um, My favorite anime will have to be... Um... An anime that I was introduced... I wouldn't say introduced to, but an anime I started watching when I was much younger. Um, called Outlaw Star. It came out on... No, I'm just going to come on like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I would run home just to watch it. It was great. I loved it. Like, it was just... It was just cool to me because I... I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a state... I'm a... Uh, a science fiction, a US science fiction fan, or uh, um, space romance, sorry, space romance fan, but something about the show just drew me in. The fact that these goddamn ships have arms and they punch in each other. I can shoot you, I can use my bullets, but I'm gonna punch you in the face. As you do. As you do. That and the main character, 
like everything about the show just was aesthetically pleasing. Like, um, um, James Darwin, just the main character. Tim Hawkins is his, is his right hand man. Like they're essentially space pirates. Space pirates. As opposed the to being regular pirates. pirates. They're essentially space pirates, but they're actually bounty hunters. And the thing about it is, is that what I really liked about it was that every character had a nice arc to them, and it wasn't like there was like a billion characters, and everybody needed to have a character arc. Whenever they introduced like a new character or so forth, they wrapped it up fairly nicely. Like even in the first five episodes, when you get introduced to the main characters, Gene and Jim, um, like you, like you immediately learn about the characters like you learn about what their what their goals are or at least what their desires are and what's stopping them from reaching their desires you know he's afraid of flying he had a dramatic experience are you gonna be a good space pirate today yeah that's it and he hooked up with this mercenary and like she was like hey man I need to give I need to get this ship I need some help it's like yeah man let's go get this ship Ah, shit. People who also want this ship also want this ship. We'll fight to the death we'll for it. We'll fight to the death for it. Fist the cops. And I kid you not, uh, unfortunately, the, girl, the lady dies. She sacrificed herself so Jane and crew can get away. But it was like, the way it was done, it wasn't forced. My lord, I am forgettable, Melfino. Good lord. She's the man. She's, she's the, the female lead. And she she was like that she was like a dainty she was like a she wasn't really a damsel in distress but she was a lady that's the best way to put it she was a lady she was a space lady not really human lives in a pod but she was a lady kind of like a what's her name again Faye Faye Valentine oh yeah for from Cowboy Bebop yeah yeah, kind of like that, where it's like, you are very clearly feminine and ladylike, but, uh, I'm trying to cross you. <laughs> no, not really, like, Mel- like, Melfina, like, she was, like, she, she was the pacifist, like, oh, excuse me, for a long bit of time, she was essentially the brain of the ship. Mm. Like, the ship can operate, like how Jarvis was the AI for, like, I know, right? No, like, like how- you saying that, it's like... Don't know what to do with a female character. Make her smart. I mean, <laughs> anyways. Because I realized, like, in a crew setting like that, the female character is either they're usually the, uh, the brains or the navigator, which eventually still does require a lot of intelligence. I know I can't fucking navigate. I will get everybody lost. All of us. We will die. Before we ever reach our world. Don't let me navigate. Um, yeah. It was... It's Sorry, it's more like she's the heart of the ship. Like, mm. she's the actual heart of the ship. Ah, uh, she's the tail. No, the fuck don't you ever <laughs> insult Melfino. <laughs> the shit? Hey, man, Taya tried her best, okay? Taya sucks. Correction. Taya sucks. Anzu is okay. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Anyways, um... Yeah, like it was, it was really fun. It was, I, I kind of enjoyed it. It, it, it has a colorful, cla- oh, sorry, a colorful cast of characters. 
Um, I'm I like saying that five times fast. No, I like Aisha, Aisha Clan, um, Clan Clan, the cat girl. You try saying that five times fast. No, I will not. And my lord, I forgot the samurai lady's name. Why is it always a samurai? Word I I don't know why. I can't remember her name. Sorry, while well, I don't go on Google to look up her name. Um. Oh, not checking with the internet at all. Actually, I lied. I do have a favorite anime to date. I mean, you 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 pretty much said that you did. No, I said I didn't. Like, I didn't currently have one. Oh, okay. But I lie. As you do. Yeah. Full Metal Alchemist is actually my favorite. I'm surprised you didn't actually say that from the get-go, to be honest. Yeah. Aisha. And it's gonna bug me. Um. Suzuka! There we go. So that's a Japanese name that hasn't been said, like, over a hundred times. No, actually. But her thing is Twilight Suzuka. She is a really good... She is actually a really good, um, swordsman. She's actually a ninja. Ninja swordsman? Yeah, she's a ninja swordsman. Neat. But... I feel like that's overkill. But neat. Could be. Who knows? But, yeah, that, that would be my favorite... My favorite anime. Like, that's really was the anime that... Got you that into got it. me into it. Like there are a lot of things that got me into animation per se, but mm. Outlaw Star was the one that got me into it. If I were to say the actual cartoon that started it all, would have to be Magic Boy. Uh, you told me about this, but I still have yet to see it. I feel um, like I that, was, that was before my time. It's Saratobi knows something, but I can't remember it. It re- I kid you not, it came on ZNS. One Sunday after church. For anybody who doesn't know, ZNS is our local broadcasting network, telebroadcasting network, and I don't know. It used to be good for more than just telling you the seven o'clock news, which is really the only reason people watch it now. Pretty much, um, I kid you not. This was like the first time I've ever seen anything like it. This was like when I was six or seven. This is like in the age of the eighties and nineties action cartoons. But this was different. This 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 was actually different. This is what got me into it, and it was it was nice. It was enjoyable. I I am I really hope I can find it again because I only know of the English name, which was Magic Boy. But I know that's not the name. I know a Saratobi knows something, but I because um, I happened to see it once, saw it once um, a few years ago, but I can't I can't remember where I saw it. I feel like that's gonna be like the worst Wikipedia search ever. Magic Boy. Looks up any boy that can do magic at all. Potentially. So, moving on. I believe in episode one, you said that your favorite game was Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures. If you don't get... (laughs) Get away. (laughs) Well, you don't like a good old-fashioned Barbie game? What are you, a sexist? You know what? I I fucking hate Barbie games, don't you? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because I was just going to say a few things just now, lady. I know. Um, I know I've sworn like a lot already, but I'm trying to keep it easy. Sierra. Good luck with your that. Your favorite game is the franchise. The whole franchise. The whole thing. Just all of it. I, I love Kingdom Hearts. And the Shonen Saratobi Sasuke. There you go. That's the name of Magic Boy. Saratobi Sasuke. All of the most generic names ever. I mean, technically speaking, he probably was one of the first ones. 
Yeah, probably. But um, I Shoten Sarutobi Sasuke. Yeah, there you go. And the English name for it was Magic Boy. I don't know how the hell they got that, but hey. But you just called off like two Naruto names <laughs> just now. I want you to know that. Anyway, um, but back to the topic at hand. My favorite game series is Kingdom Hearts. Love it, love it, love. It. Um, I was first introduced to it. Um, back when I was younger, um, I saw the commercial for it and I was immediately enraptured with it. Like I really wanted to play it, but I didn't have a PS2. I still was stuck. I was in that era where, um. I get hand-me-down games, mm. where I it where unless my dad would buy it for me, I wouldn't actually have a new console. So my dad actually got me my P. Yeah, my dad bought me my no my no yeah they came together. Yeah. My dad and my mom came together and got me my PS One, mm. and my dad got me my first game for it. But I didn't have. Um, I was playing that for a while, and I eventually built up my game library. From my cousins hand me downs because they had a PS1 and they already had moved on to a PS2 when the PlayStation 2 came out. So what happened was a friend of mine's um, back when I was in junior high school named Kirk, he came he came to sleep over and he had a PS2 with Kingdom Hearts. And I was like And then you stole it and lived happily ever it? after. No, no, I didn't steal it. <laughs> oh. But I was like, can I play it? And he's like, yeah, my sure. And I played it, and I fell in love. It was at the part, if anybody doesn't know um, about Kingdom Hearts lore or anything like that, sucks to be you, but I'm a dog boy. But it was at the part where Sora fights Riku. Um, the very last time. And the, I was just going to say, like, which time? Yeah, the very <laughs> last time. Uh-huh. And the thing about it that I really liked about it was, like, it was, like, challenging. It was challenging at that time because it's like you have to navigate you have to move and navigate at the same time because I didn't know that there were shortcut controls I literally had to press the d-pad to get to the magic menu to get to heal to get the cure just to cure me and then switch it back to attack just to attack again we died so much that <laughs> because Kirk couldn't get past Riku I feel like any with any good game <laughs> that, that that's the basis for it I died a lot a, a lot but have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of all of a sudden, I, I made it the furthest that night. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a really good time for me. And eventually, I did get a PS2, and I did get my own copy. Correction, I borrowed a copy of Kingdom Hearts. Did I borrow a copy? Yes, I borrowed a copy of Kingdom Hearts One, and I played it. I played the shit out of it. Played it into the ground. I played it, and makes matters worse was like I was having such a hard time. I was having such a hard time with the final boss because I was playing it by my brother's house. He's not really my brother, but he's a really close friend of mine. I was playing it by his house, and they were egging me on because I kept dying. But then, like I was, just, I just said, I just got into the zone. I just got, I just zoned everything out, and I was just focusing on this final boss because it was in the final phase of the final boss. Think about that. Don't you just love phases? I, but, and Yay, I won! And then you see the health bar going back up. No, there was no health bar. There was a cutscene, and then you see the new boss. Oops. That was it. This is Square Enix game, you know. There ain't no, these bars don't go back up. You just see a new bar. <laughs> a bigger one. Pretty much. <laughs> so, it was like they were egging me on the entire time, but then like I noticed it suddenly got quiet. And then my brother say, Bye, Louis, bye. 
Wait, Louis, wait. Wait, Louis, wait. I need like, to make fun of you, Louis. And I was trying to figure out, like, wait, what is he talking about? And then I look up at the boss's health bar and I realize he was on his final bar of health. But any, um, for reference sake, in Kingdom Hearts, there's, the boss has one bar for his overall health, but it has different colors. Like, before you can even start getting the bars to move down, you need to start knocking off the other colors. No dread. <laughs> like, I think it starts at, like, purple or yellow. Because I know there was an orange bar. Mm. But when you start seeing the bar actually go down, you're actually affecting the health. You're not hitting the over health. Destroy the armor first. That, that was pretty much it. Destroy then the you armor can first. hit him. <laughs> Sephiroth was actually a pretty good boss as a reference for that. Because uh. Sephiroth had, like, purple health. And you know what it's like to be fighting somebody for, like, two solid minutes and then you see his health start moving down <laughs> like you wailing on this dude blocking his attack dodging you ain't get it yet but you fighting him for two minutes straight and then you see his attack his health go down i'm like no babe there nice he trick. is oh my god who was that <laughs> pretty much but yeah um before i get on a tangent before i really get into a tangent um kingdom Hearts is my favorite is my favorite game. like i've from Outside of the barring, the first game barring, because I did borrow the first game, I bought every copy of the game since. Even the not game games. Even the not game games. Like, Recorded should never existed. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a huge fan. I like what they did, where they kind of introduced different gaming genres in it, like RP, like a traditional RPG and stuff inside of it. Yeah. But, it, it didn't need to exist. We could have done without it. I just kind of enjoy the concept of everybody is waiting on Kingdom Hearts 3. Y'all could have these other Kingdom Hearts games. We ain't done yet, but here you go. You can have these. Lord. <laughs> that, that, I'm sorry. like A 10-year wait. I found that insanely hilarious. A ten, 13 years. Literally everybody is waiting on Kingdom Hearts 3. 13 uh, here's King Kingdom is. Hearts 2.86791. We're almost done, I promise. I need you to understand. <laughs> when Kingdom Hearts 2 ended and Birth by Sleep came out, we was like, yeah, mom, Birth by Sleep is a new game. Sorry. Yeah, Birth by Sleep is a new game. And then it's like, nah, it's a prequel. Okay. I guess we could find out stuff. All right. What's coming out next? Three, 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 eight, three. 382 What? 300 and something and a half days. It's like, okay, we could play it. Days was fun. Days was alright. You get to play with multiple people. It's like, alright, I guess now that we've wrapped up all the stories from beginning in between, I guess we can get that new game now. Nope. Uh, Here's a Kingdom Hearts mobile game. Okay, at least it isn't on the console. I'm literally just thinking, how did you do this? And uh, now it's on console. <laughs> you had one job. Make the damn third game. And we was like, my lord, please. Oh my god. But anytime please. I heard a new Kingdom Hearts game that wasn't Kingdom Hearts 3 come out, it, it tickled me in a way that I couldn't explain. Because like, like, I know I would just have to hear you go on a tangent. My lord, about it. my lord Namora, please, <laughs> please spare us. Sire, I beg you. 
Because my love, like when Kingdom Hearts Dream Dot Distance came out, I was really excited for the game. Because I was like, it came out on the 3DS, and I was like, this is this is potentially the third game. Kingdom Hearts Dream Dot Distance, Kingdom Hearts 3D, I saw what they did there, it's on a 3DS, this could potentially be the third game nope. in the series, let's do it. Bet you thought. Listen, I found out what Dream Drop Distance was, I was like, Hello darkness, my old friend. I was like, mm, it's like Nomura, my lord, please, spare us. Sire, is this really necessary? And then, I think it was 2013's E3. My guys, them just Naruto, y'all. Was it 2013? <laughs> it was a 2013 and 2010. I can't remember. I know I was living with my mom. I know I was still living with my mom. I was washing the dishes. I was washing the dishes when this came on. You were in your towel? I was. And the ninjas attacked? <laughs> I was washing the dishes. And I was like, like just watching E3. I was just listening to it. And then I heard the King Wars thing came on. And I was looking at it. And then I saw a sword dropping. And then I. And I was like, oh, this is the intro for Dream Drop Distance. They're probably going to port it over to the PS3. I'm not really upset about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not really excited about it, but I'm not exactly upset about it either. You and then I saw the... kind of upset about then it. Then I saw the graphics change. I was like, okay, I guess they upgrading graphics. Sweet. Then I see my boy pick up this keyblade, and I was like, hold on, wait. And then they showed, then they showed Sora in Twilight Town. Fighting the freaking uh, where's the shadow is? I'm like, oh no, it's happening. I wish everyone can see the glow in his eyes. And I right was now. like, oh my god, is it real? Is this really happening? And then Sora does a slash at the thing, and then it cuts the block and it says, Kingdom Hearts 3. I was like, fucking yes! And then the dreaded line I saw came afterwards, now in development. I was like, no! <laughs> Gotcha, bitch! <laughs> but I was excited because it's like, at least now it's in development. It could be worse. It could have not been in development. But at least now it's in development. But it, it kind of did bug me because I was like, it took you like seven years to get the game now in development? Really? <laughs> and to any of you loyal Kingdom Hearts fans out there, I hope you got what you wanted with part three. I hope you did. We'll save part three for for, for a rant for a different day because I can't start on Kingdom Hearts 3 right I know. That'll be the entirety of the episode. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I can cut it down to like an hour. That's the entirety of the episode. <laughs> I said what I said. Anyways, uh, what about you and your favorite game? Oh, my favorite game is Mavis Big... I can't... Okay. <laughs> Number Munch? <laughs> <laughs> Love me some numbers and math. Hey, my Leapfrog was the game <laughs> that we used to play when we were younger. Please stop. Know what my first game was? A Fighter's Destiny. The fuck is that? It was this weird N64 game that my brother had. It was just a fighting game. In that sort of Street Fighter-ish realm. What's it called? A Fighter's Destiny. That was the first game I ever played, ever. But my favorite game for the avid listeners of episode one is Okami. That game, oh that game. I wasn't joking when I said that I knew absolutely nothing about the game. I just walked in a game store with my brother one day, saw a wolf on the cover, and because a wolf is my favorite animal, I went, I want that. I did not expect the experience that I got 
while playing this PS2 game. It wasn't particularly hard. Like, I actually can't recall a time where I died. Even in the boss battles. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a hard game, but I also feel as though that wasn't the point. It was very beautifully drawn. The score in it was lovely. Absolutely lovely. Now, you play as a wolf. As you do. In case you didn't get by the name and you don't actually speak Japanese of any kind. You are the reincarnation of this wolf from a hundred year years ago named Shiranui. You have been reincarnated as the great Amaterasu. And again, for those of you who don't actually speak Japanese or know any Japanese lore, you are essentially the god of the sun. You can make the sun come out. And that's another thing about this game. You draw. Like, actually. Your tail is essentially a paintbrush, and you gotta use that analog stick to the best of your abilities and draw. Draw like your life depended on it, because it does. Now, as the game progresses, you get powers, new powers, you get to draw bombs, you get to make flames, you get to draw lily pads, all that good stuff. It's a very story heavy kind of game. So for people who, I can imagine, for people who like challenges, puzzles, like tough experiences, that sort of thing, it's not really a game for you. But if you like very story heavy kind of situations, then yeah, this this game would be up your alley. And the very moment that kind of pegged this as my favorite <coughs> game was the absolute rage I felt when a particular story point happened. Now, for the context for people who've never played this game there's a part where you have to find the nine-tailed fox it was before Naruto before he made it cool you have to find the nine-tailed fox because it is the lord of darkness and it is it is the character that you're trying to beat before you know the world falls into like several thousand years of darkness as you do because you know it's always several thousand years of darkness never like a week or something would you really fear somebody who only makes it dark for a week <laughs> i mean i'd be pretty scared if it was dark for a week I, yeah but you i live, would i would feel like the world is ending yeah but you live in a time where like magic is a thing would you actually be afraid if the lights only went off went off for like a week like our lights go off for a week in a hurricane <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's fine. You got me on that one. So. Maybe a month. I'd probably be afraid for like a <laughs> month of darkness. I'm the Lord of Darkness. I've come to steal your electricity. For how long? Uh. 30 days, I guess. That's really inconvenient. That's it, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll make it half a month. Oh, okay, I guess. 
that's the best you can do. Okay. But, um, yeah, you're looking for the Nine-Tailed Fox, basically. Now, you are trying to find this... You're trying to get a court with the queen, basically. And you notice that her whole city is covered in what is essentially poison. Wait, I think I remember this. Yeah, everybody's sick. Everybody's surprisingly not dead, just sick from the poisonous air. But nobody's leaving. I guess. Just gonna chill out in the poison. Why would you leave? So, you, uh... (laughs) You are approached by the Queen's advisor. Air quote. Yeah, she actually did air quotes at that. Um, a very, uh... (laughs) Big-breasted woman. Okay, I honestly couldn't tell if that cough was real or fake. Half an hour. Okay. A big-breasted priestess, and this isn't just me like pointing out the boobage. They they made it a point. Nah, nah. For you to know. Nah, nah. You that, can't even that, see her face. That the first thing you noticed about this woman was is her, her breasts. Was her bosoms? Like somehow she's wearing a dress that has a boob window. I, I can't even explain the physics of this dress. I don't know what I'm. Mean, See, the thing about Okami that I really like was like whenever you always know a sexy person about to walk on the screen because they always have that yeah, thing the, going the, on. And there's, like, a, yes. there's a particular score that whenever a very nice looking female character is on the screen, it's it sounds like harps playing to the backtrack of women moaning. I am not exaggerating. Go look it up. Um, what was what was name? It was Saki. Saki, yeah, Saki is theme, because they did it with her first. Same. Okay, I can't play that. <laughs> so, your approach. Oh no! We got a notification. <laughs> You're approached by this priestess. Played one tune for whole. How long did I play that for? I played a tune. No, for two seconds. I played it to him for two seconds, and the the media immediately attacks me. <laughs> so you you're approached by this priestess, and she's basically sweetening you up, saying, "Hey, man, uh, you mind helping us with this poison? I can sense that you're very powerful, and the queen is sick because of this poisonous air, and my magical artifacts were stolen, and they're in a sunken ship." Under the sea, guarded by a dragon. You mind helping me out? Bitch, what? <laughs> you want me to go in a sunken ship, protected by a raging water dragon? Specifically to, a water dragon. Specifically a water dragon. To get artifacts that might be there. Hey, sure, why not? You got big breasts. Let's do it. Adventure! <laughs> so you go ahead, you do the thing, you find what the bitch asks you to go find. And as you're leaving the sunken ship, you're wondering, she said something about a dragon. I didn't see no dragon. Now, for, for anybody that knows me, I hate 
water stages of any game. I'm pretty sure most gamers hate water any stages. Any kind of game. I hate water stages. And it's not just like I hate it because they're um, they're hard or long or tedious. It gives like being in open ocean water gives me like a level of anxiety I cannot explain. So essentially, after you leave the ship, you are in the middle of the ocean. Bear in mind that you are the god of the sun. You and water don't go together. So you essentially have to draw yourself on top of a lily pad and then draw wind so that it can blow you to shore while you're being chased by a dragon. And guess what? This bitch just leaves you there. She leaves you there to die. <laughs> she had some magical jumping powers. She learned from them monkeys that Samurai Jack learned from because she could jump real good. She jumped from the top of your back onto the shore and left you for dead. As long as she didn't leave me for life. So, after miraculously somehow escaping this dragon, I go back to the temple and basically go, bitch, what the fuck? And she says, oh, I'm real sorry about that. I didn't mean to put you in danger. Hey, look, I got breasts. Uh, good enough for me, I guess. And then she asks you to go do some other random bullshit mission. Basically, if you haven't caught on by now, she's just using you as a patsy to get. She's she's the nine-tailed fox in disguise. Da, da, da. <laughs> that that you eventually learn, but it's the way that you learn it that made me so insanely angry, because. You do all these things for her, you get what it is that you want, you slay the water dragon because that was the last thing you had to do. And then you found out that the dragon that you slayed was actually the king of this underwater like nation of dragons. And he was protecting everybody from the Ninetale Fox because the weapon that the Ninetale Fox needed to reach its full level of power was under the sea. And guess what you just got? And guess what you just gave up? Under the sea. <laughs> under the sea. So you you killed an innocent man. You just you just gave this bitch back her full powers. But the kicker was you don't find that out until you go back to the temple because you see that this priestess is being attacked by something. So you go, you run full speed, like the music's building up, tension's in the air, the sun is setting, literally, because there are time settings in this game. And you run full speed ahead to this temple. And then you go inside the queen's room. Queen is on the floor, dead. Like her neck is snapped, and her body is facing the other way. And it's like, what? What happened? And the priestess, quote unquote, is there putting on her best, her best acting face, 
Oh man, I was so scared. Something came in here and killed the queen and somehow didn't kill me too because, you know, I'm just not important, I guess. And you being the god that you are, finally, finally sees through the fucking ruins and go... I should eat your face right now. Because <laughs> you're lying to me. So, after a series of circumstances, you find out that... The priestess that you were assisting this entire time killed the real priestess like ages ago. Like, killed her, killed her and stole her face. Just so she could get close to the queen who had the only method of finding out where this this essential island of demons is, which is the main MacGuffin for the game. Gotta find this island of demons and kill the Dark Lord so you don't get a month of darkness. But nothing ever quite hit me, that rage that I felt when I saw the queen lying there dead. Because the first time you come across a story point like that, it's like, I did this. Like, I did this. <laughs> I, I led this bitch to her strongest weapon. I went on the, the most angry murder spree <laughs> after that cutscene was finished. Because you don't even get the satisfaction of fighting the boss to its full potential right away. She fights you. Starts to transform back into the Nighthead Fox and it's like, eh, this temple is too small. Good luck finding me. And then she just disappears. And I'm like, I am going to kick your ass twice when I find you. I'm going to beat you, turn the game off, and do it again. <laughs> Like, that's how angry I was. Sad. A little bit. But, you know, I like when things can make me feel. The music always gave me, like, a very pleasant... It gave me a pleasant chill. Because a lot of the music, aside from when there was, like, sad stuff and boss stuff happening, it was nice. It was, like, wind chimes and drums and very Japanese-style music. I wouldn't say Japanese, i say more Chinese. Yeah, so I love that game. I love everything about that game. Fuck that Nine-Tail Fox, though. <laughs> no, it's probably been like six hours, right? <laughs> yeah, but this is a long episode. <laughs> well, favorite things to do that. So, do you have a favorite thing? Just at all. Besides my di- Oh, wait. Are we talking about now? Like, I just bleep that out. I won't actually bleep no, that we, out. No, we... Psh, you said it like... Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, I mean, you're editing the episode, so... Pretty much. Uh, favorite thing as in what, per se? I guess a uh, movie form of entertainment. Like, how do you unwind? Um... I don't... I can't really say... For sure, what my favorite thing to unwind is usually like when I get off from work, and I've already settled in and whatnot, eat or whatever, or check in with you. Like the first thing I do is probably go on my PS4 and play something. And incident, well, okay, I can okay, I think I know what to say, but with that and stuff included, I say the best thing that used to help me unwind used to be fighting games. Mm. Well, it still is fighting games. Fighting games is a good way for me to unwind. 
And incidentally, you come full circle, punching stuff in the face. Punching stuff in the face. There you go. I can't punch you in real life, so I gotta punch something. Virtually. Virtually. Where I won't get arrested for it. Hey man, if they don't ever find out, I won't get arrested either. Uh, Yeah, you know. (laughs) Hey man, Aladdin taught me the best life lesson. You could only get in trouble if you get caught. You really shouldn't take advice from an Arabian, I'm just saying. Hey, 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 miss. Hey, miss, miss, madam. Hey, hey. That's racist. I mean, they said it in the song themselves. <laughs> they they had to change it. Where yeah. Cut off your ear if they don't like your face. Hey, man. Cut off I'll your never ear. forget, Disney. I'll never forget. Hey man, cut off your nose to spite your face. There you go. But anyways, um... It, I'd, I'd say fighting games and incidentally that's when I was younger it still is something I do I do to online even now but really and truly it's when I could just turn on my PS4 go on a party chat and just play with the guys and, and guys doesn't girl. no that's what I was just about to say the guys doesn't guys doesn't necessarily only equate to only males I just group everybody together as guys. Yeah. Or folks, folks. Let me say folks. I, I play with the folks. I play with my crew. My my chart party is usually uh like sometimes like when we play in Monster it could be as big as sixteen people. Easy. Sixteen people easy. I feel I feel I felt like that was the best thing Sony one of the best updates Sony did. Was having a sixteen uh sixteen man chat. Mind you it gets chaotic. I literally feel like fun. that's too much. <laughs> and I feel like the people who I have on like as my friends on my PS4 know that that's too much because even though you could have up to 16 it never gets more than 5 <laughs> no it's because like certain people play certain games like for instance when I play with one when I play with the crew that plays um, Final Fantasy 14 mm. that's its own party and stuff and mm. then when I play in with the the with the ones who are playing like COD or Apex or, or Overwatch or anything like that, that's a whole separate group. Or even when we play in Monster Hunter, that's that in itself is like two groups. Well, you're the ambivert here, so. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not omnivert. Omnivert. <laughs> you eat both grass and meat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and stay inside while you do it. Please. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, that's that's most of what I do when I'm fine. I realized that the best way for me to unwind is to frustrate myself with something else. Fighting games is what frustrates me. I don't think that's healthy. Do you want to talk about something? <laughs> I'd rather punch somebody in a game than punch somebody in real life. And you know what? That keeps you out of jail. So, I can't afford to pay your bail. Yes, you can. You literally can. I really can't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can. No. We could call in some favors. Maybe. But I can't disclose my secrets. Okay. But uh, what about you? What do you do to unwind? What's your favorite thing? Unwind? Miss? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, me and uh, me and relaxing have a very weird, weird relationship. And me and me who always have to tell you, hey, miss, take a break. Hey, madam, take a break. Hey, you're looking real tight. Do you need a break? Take a break. Take, take a <laughs> break. I mean, people are going to tell me I look tired, but I've just resigned to the fact that I'm going to look like part raccoon for the rest of my life. No, you just need to take a fucking break. Right. So... I'm not going to edit out that silence. <laughs> so, um, 
I actually wanted to talk about my favorite animated movie of all time. Can I spoil it? Let me see if I know. Sure, what do you think it is? Is it the Sissy Duckling? No. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was the Sissy Duckling. I still enjoy that and I still wish to find it, but my God, that... I've... Those HBO, HBO movies were a weird time in my life. Like, there are a couple HBO movies that I remember watching repeatedly. But if I try to look for them on the internet, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? What? The trumpet? What? Get out of here. These don't what? exist. What is that? HBO was... A, that was a real channel. I know it. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, no, you want to take a second guess? Um, Favorite animated film. So Literally, I'll... anytime you see anything related to this film, you just go, oh, God. Because that's how much times I've watched it in front of oh, me. Oh, it's Lion King too. No. Is it Lion King? Ugh. Ugh, don't insult my taste like that. Hey, man, you said you watched Lion King 2 a lot. I did when I was a child. And, had and it you on still VH- watch it. And when I had it on VHS. And you still watch it. I have watched it once. No, recently. no. Okay, recently. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> but um, it's not Lion King. Is it Balto? Close. Balto's actually my second favorite. I don't want to say all dogs go to heaven because you don't really think it's that. I am a fan of the the good master Don Bluth, but no. My favorite movie is actually Cats Don't Dance. Really? Yes. I never got that impression. Really? I never got that impression. Cats Don't Dance is my favorite animated movie ever. Like, it's one of those movies that I can watch. No matter how many times I watch it, I still feel the chills. The chills. So, Castle and Dance is a Warner Brothers movie that came out in 1997. So I was... Math. I was five. My lord. When it came out. How the hell did you not know how old you were? Because math. Okay. Yeah, it was five when this movie came out. I don't think I watched it that young. But I did watch it as a kid and didn't appreciate it. I think I started watch. I happened to watch it again in my late teens. And realized this movie is better than I thought it was. The, the movie is about this cat named Danny who essentially moves from his tiny, humble home and goes to Hollywood to follow his dreams. This is before Disney was telling you to follow your dreams. This is actually the first animated movie that wasn't a Disney movie to actually come out. Spoilers, it didn't do very well. But yeah, it's about this cat named Danny who moves to Hollywood to follow his dreams of being a big star. It didn't exactly matter what because he was he was kind of a triple threat. He could sing, he could dance, he can act. And it has a very it has a very 1930s 1940s feel to it where a lot of Broadway, a lot of swing music, a lot of jazz. If you like musicals, you, you you're gonna like this movie. <laughs> Which is funny, because I hate musicals, but I love this movie. <laughs> so, he goes there, and he immediately sees that you don't just go to Hollywood and get famous. Like, he had it so simplified that he had a list. 
go to Hollywood, become famous. That was his to-do list. So he quickly realizes upon meeting other animals within the scene, they were glorified secretaries and extras. So they weren't main movie characters. Like if a movie required a goat, they were going to do a casting call for a goat. And guess what? You were going to goat. <laughs> Whatever the fuck goats do in movies. You weren't going to act. You were just going to goat. So you kind of see quickly that everybody who was like Danny, who went to Hollywood to think that, you know, as an animal, because it's a mixture of anthropomorphic animals and people, as an animal, I can make it as a big star. Because I have all this talent. I can sing and I can dance and I can act and I can... Just just the whole triad. They had the whole Triforce. And essentially all of them were just there with dead dreams. What child was supposed to get that? <laughs> like... Go to Hollywood where your dreams go to die. <clears throat> well, you... My heart. Well, you gotta remember that the majority of the cartoons back then... They were aimed at kids, but they still had stuff in there for parents. And I felt like that was the earliest, that was the earliest rendition of don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Well, Danny was supposed to be the very plucky, optimistic. Yeah, just be persistent. Just don't quit. Just keep doing the thing that you do and it'll all work out. And essentially, due to hijinks, he almost ends up getting all animals banned from Hollywood, like, period. As you do. You know, just... Just, just little mess-ups. Just, just little things. Now, there was a scene in there that I really appreciated. And I hadn't noticed it as a kid, because what, what child would notice little nuances like this but at the from the beginning of the film you notice that the colors are kind of they're very pastel they're very dull with the exception of Danny who's like this bright orange cat now there's a scene where Danny kind of he kind of gets everybody motivated like to do the thing that they like doing because everybody's just working for someone else and they're not happy so he gets them all in like this alleyway junkyard sort of situation and they just start jamming it up. Like banging on trash cans, dancing, singing, all that good stuff. And one by one, as the characters start to like get into it, their color starts to get brighter. And I just thought, is that, is that subtlety in a kid's movie? This is amazing. I want that. But uh, the thing that really got me about the movie were the songs. My god, the songs. Again, if you feel like a jazz, swing music, Broadway sort of fan, you will like, you will love every song in this movie. Nah, there's one song you won't like. Uh, the my my favorite part about it was the antagonist was supposed to be like a 
a parody of Shirley Temple called Darla Dimple. Darla Dimple. Yes, Miss Dimple. As us. It's it's a musical comedy and it was musical and comedic. Now, I was telling you that I found out some interesting things about this movie that I hadn't known before. What that? The first one being that apparently Michael Jackson had his hand in the movie. Like, what? yeah, like it was the production for it started in, I believe, 1992 or 1993. And Michael Jackson actually had his hand in the music and the choreography. It was basically initially supposed to be a Who Framed Roger Rabbit esque Michael Jackson uh. movie. Like Michael Jackson would would have been like the real person in the movie. Yeah, and he's essentially dancing alongside these animal characters. Mm-hmm. But like somewhere somewhere in between he kinda just fell off from that. Okay. So it ended up into the It ended movie. up in production out. Yeah. No, it ended up being the movie that oh, okay. it is now. And considering that a movie like Moonwalker exists it's not very good. Hey, Moonwalker was great. <laughs> Moonwalker is awesome. I really, I really am curious to figure out that what kind of movie this would have been if they had stayed on that track. Because a lot of a lot of movies have tried to do like to do the Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing, but have not succeeded. That's because Who Framed Roger Rabbit wasn't really aimed at kids. It was. It had kid characters. It had the characters that people grew up on, but they weren't... It wasn't really aimed for kids. It was aimed at teenagers and adults. Only teenagers and adults would have seen it. Well, not even just... So not even you, just story-wise. I mean, like, just the... Aesthetics? Just the aesthetics of it, because combining real life with animation is difficult as fuck. <laughs> off for Disney. So... And another thing that I didn't know, which I'm finding out about a lot of movies that I loved as a kid, it didn't do well. At all. Mm. Like, the budget for this movie was $32 million. What? They made $3.6. What? $32 million for an animated movie? Yeah. That was the budget for this movie, and they only made three point six. It's because it didn't have Disney brand on it. That apparently there was some stuff going on with Warner Brothers at the time; they were merging, and but mostly it's up to a lack of advertisement. Well, that's how I do it. Oh, make a break any business. Oh, excuse me. Ooh. So yeah, I'm finding out. But that's the kind of the case for a lot of animated movies I used to like. Uh, advertising is a serious thing. I've been on a bit of a history binge with big animated companies like Disney, DreamWorks, all that good stuff. Guess which two movies, two DreamWorks movies, didn't do at all well in the box office. Are they popular? Yes. Well, one is. The other is kind of... Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon. No. Those did very well. That's why they have two sequels. 
It's a movie that didn't have a sequel? It's an old movie. Uh, early 2000s. Animated. I done it. <laughs> that would only be in 10. Okay. The Road to El Dorado and Spirit. Okay. I actually enjoyed The Road to El Dorado. I didn't realize it was a DreamWorks movie. I could understand why Spirit did bad. Because as a child, I hated that movie. Really? I despised that movie. Like, whenever it came on, I just changed the channel. Really? I like that movie. I like horses. <laughs> you could kind of tell, like, I, I didn't notice it as a kid. Because, again, stupid. You could kind of tell the DreamWorks look. When you see them all compiled together, like, you think of the Road to El Dorado, Spirit, Prince of Egypt, Sinbad. They all have that... Same look. That same look. Yeah, the same aesthetics. Yeah. It's kind of harder to tell with the, the 3D animated movies because they don't really have a look, per se. I don't feel like they do have a look. The reason why I say that they don't too much have a look to me is because the 3D ones are all animals slash insects. Whereas the movies with people, all of the people are kind of drawn the same. They look the same. I do not think Hiccup and Fish Legs look the same. Well, How to Train Your Dragon is modern technology. Try doing that shit back in 1998. You got Shrek. You know what? You got me. There you go. No, you don't get to record, cat. <laughs> People don't know how to speak, cat. Alright, so it has been 12 hours now. You still, you still going? <laughs> I, I think. I think we can, uh. We can wrap it up here. We'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming where we're talking about new things that we've watched slash seen slash read slash played okay thank you guys so much for listening and we shall see you in the next episode bye later peeps